Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. And now, during the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, all Tempur-Pedic mattresses are on sale, with savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Players' Championship. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, the Canadian Pitbull, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing this week, brother? I'm doing better this week than last. Let's just say that even after a losing DK week, which we'll get to. But uh, yeah, much more refreshed. The voice is back. But enough about me, Kenny. We, we got a special guest this week. I'm excited for it. We do have a special guest, DJ Nation. Today, we have on Martin Matthews, a.k.a. Sundog Monkey on Twitter. One of the better golf punters out there. He has an article out. Really, really sharp dude. I met him last year at the Players' Championship, and we hung out, shooted the shit. He knows his shit, guys. Martin, welcome. How are you tonight? I'm good, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Nice to speak to you both, Kenny. Tyler, how are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, we're good, man. Just uh, tell us a little about yourself, Martin. Like, how'd you get started? Like, well, who do you write for? Give, give us all the goods there, brother. Uh, well, it was something, um, to be honest, guys, it was something I'd always done for years, you know, studying stats, following the golf, avid watcher of the PGA Tour, even more than the European Tour. And um, just about, literally about three years ago, I thought, well, let's do this a little bit more seriously from the point of view of putting the information out there online. So I got into the Twitter thing and then... Um, started to get my own blog website, uh, Sundog's Golf World, and it's just just spiraled from there. Um, uh, about uh, 12 months or so ago, I got approached by Paddy Power, uh, who are obviously a leading bookmaker back in the UK, and was asked to do some stuff for them, which uh, I've actually just published a piece of this week for the players. And, uh, uh, and then Ben Coley, who I know you uh, know quite well, um, 
you've had on the show before. He, he yeah. approached me earlier this year as well and asked me to do some stuff for Sporting Life, which uh, I'll give you a bit more info on later on. So, so suddenly find my hands full doing all, doing all this stuff. And I'm pleased to say that um, people seem to like it. It uh, goes out there on Twitter every week. And, uh, um, you know, obviously I'm very transparent with my picks and my profit and my loss. And I'm pleased to say we're uh, uh, in profit this season and doing quite nicely. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of keep snowballing. So um, can't complain. Yeah, so I know you go to the Florida Swing just about every year. What do you go to, like the players, uh, uh, last week's tournament, the API, you're going to Valspar next week, right? That's right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so you, you have a nice little idea of, of these of this week's course especially. I mean, I know you were there last yeah. year. I know you've been about four or five times, maybe even more than that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so, so that's going to be really good for us on the pod. That's why we have them on. It's going to be sharp. Let's talk about last week, though. Uh, you were there at the API uh, at Bay Hill. Uh, were the conditions as bad as they seemed like? Oh, it was uh, it was brutal, and for us uh, masochists who like to see that kind of thing every now and again, it was uh, fantastic. I mean, you know, I don't know about you guys, but um, you know, there's only so many sort of uh, John Deere classics or whatever you want to, you know, no disrespect to John Deere, that you want to watch every week where it goes to sort of 25 under par, and uh, to have these these events, and obviously you were at the Honda the week before, where it, it, it sort of you know par is your friend, as it were. Uh, it was just fantastic to watch. It was an amazing event. Um, obviously, the weather and the conditions conspired to make the course what it was so uh, uh, the wind was 15 20 miles an hour plus well near a 30 on some, some occasions through the week and the greens were rock hard and the rough was up and um, it was it was a US Open in Florida basically yeah I, it was definitely a fun watch the one thing I will say about last week uh, you know at, at Bay Hill the difference I saw between Bay Hill and Honda was Bay Hill seemed like it was on the verge of being unfair yeah. Uh, you know, at the Honda, you know, it was low scores, but the rough was low. You know, the, the greens were firm, but they weren't insane. The wind was there, but it wasn't crazy. It was good enough. It was tough conditions, but fair. Well, I thought. I thought this past week they sort of shifted to the not-so-fair-for-the-golfers uh, part. Uh, uh, because, I mean, the rough was so much thicker at, at Bay Hill than it was at Honda. And the wind was so much heavier, and it seemed like the greens were more firm than the Honda. And Honda was concrete, basically. But, yeah. you know, it was fair. Uh, what did you think? Did you think that the golfers had a little bad break when it came down to it last week? Did it seem fair to you? Yeah, I, I, I think it is fair. I mean, I think, you know, I'm one of these old-school people who thinks that if you don't find a fairway, you should be penalized. And, um, you know, I don't think – basically, if you didn't find the fairway last week, you were really struggling because you couldn't control your ball with the second shot, basically. And uh, – uh, you know, it led to bogey more often than not. But um, I don't think anything wrong with that. You know, find the fairways. I think I, I think it was GMAC I heard interviewed after um, either the third or fourth round, and and he said, um, that's slightly exaggerated. He said you could you could shoot a score if you found the fairway, and um, you know what he meant by a score. I don't think he meant six under or something. But uh, uh, yeah, I think you know. I mean, at the end of the day, what was it um, four under hat and one with and. Um, yeah, why not every now and again? So yeah, I, I didn't think um, you know. If it had got, if the wind had gone any higher, then then yes, it could have got you know out of hand. But the ball, you know, no balls were oscillating on the greens or anything like that. So um, yeah, find the fairway, you could um, you could make a score. And obviously, the par fives were gettable if you found the fairway. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I noticed was longer irons. Some of those didn't even you you land on the green and it rolled by. Yeah, uh, even from the fairway. Uh, that's the that's the issue that I have with the setup that it was last week. Tampa, what did you think about the course and what did you think about the event last week? 
Yeah, ex exactly what you just said. That That's the issue. And I'm with Martin. I personally like this way more. I just, I don't know how else they do it. We've talked about this a million times. If they soak the greens, because it's just an unfortunate situation where they haven't had a lot of, you know, any precipitation down there really and we were just down there we, we saw it firsthand and so what happened was the greens did just get baked out like Hatton himself hit a couple perfect irons on those last few holes that like you couldn't hit like he was an inch onto the fringe to what would normally roll right up to the hole and they're flying off the back of the green so I, I, I love the fairway stuff if you're not in the fairway you should be penalized we knew there was going to be heavy rough I'm all for that. That's sort of what you base it around. You can't control really on Sunday. And the challenge is if they soak it down, then imagine what Matt Fitzpatrick does even further than what he already did on Sunday, posting a 69. He posts a minus two, minus three, and the other guys just can't get there because it still bakes out in the afternoon. And he ends up winning because of, you know, sort of that unfairness. So it's really a challenging spot. I thought overall the tournament was phenomenal. Uh, you know, good to see Hatton pull it off. The, uh, the funniest thing for me was that, you know, we know about Hatton's emotions. We know how he wears them on his sleeve. Yeah. I, I love that in golf. It, personally, I think it's exactly how I play. Very competitive. We get it. You know, he, he was, you know, F you to the Thing. He pointed the shotgun back at where the ball went in the water. I love to see all that. But did it not surprise you guys? And either for either of you, he had the least amount of reaction or emotion when he won the fucking tournament. He yeah, won I was, uh, and he didn't uh, even react. He was like, "Wow, I, do, I won. Move on." I, I was there in the. Um, I mean, I didn't follow his round all the, all the Sunday or anything. I picked him up at, at the end, basically, and you know, watched the last few groups come through in the uh, 18th grandstand. And um, yeah, you're right. I was expecting some huge. Um, you know, out, outpouring of emotion, and instead it was, uh, uh, it, it was very, very played down. There. Yeah. So, uh, it, but, it just reminds um, me, it, it's guys that you know, it's like they, it's. I always say this: I, I hate to lose more than I like to win, and that's exactly Hatton, right? It's, yeah. it's almost like he felt like he's supposed to win, or he's been grinding so long that he knows it's supposed to happen. It's just he's getting so pissed off when it's not going his way, and he's losing. And when he wins, he's just like, that's the natural thing that it was he was expected. Of course. I won and he just walks off with it. So good for him. Uh, you know, we'll get into the comments later of he won't be ready to go until Wednesday from the celebration, yeah. but Hatton's won before overseas. He, he said some big wins, you know, or big money wins, I should say. So he's got money. Yes. I, I don't think it's going to be something where he disappears off the face of the earth. And if anything, I hope that it brings his ownership down some for this week. He's, I mean, you know, what, what he does this week, so we'll, we'll, come, we'll come to, but he's, he's got the makings of a major championship yeah. or major champion in the future, undoubtedly. I mean, he's a, uh, obviously, because I wasn't watching any TV coverage, I don't know how um, the zinger was dressing him up, as it were, during the round, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's, um, you know, he's a four-time, I think it is, Europe, European Tour winner, and he's won twice um, from in front, um, going to Sunday at the Dunhill Links, the Alfred Dunhill Links on both occasions, so uh, I suppose the fact that he can play well on a sort of almost, you know, a linked course, but a rock hard, windy course isn't, isn't yeah. um, su surprising. And um, obviously, one because he's had, as you know, he's had this wrist injury, and uh, that was, to be honest, that was what uh, what put me off back in this week and just gone because obviously he had a good finish there before. He played great in Mexico, but Mexico was his first start back, and um, I thought perhaps, you know, I suppose a bit like Brooks earlier in the year when he played out in the Far East. And I think on his first start, he played half decently and who would thought he'd push on, but then, then he sort of went backwards. And I was thinking, well, Hatton might still have a bit of rust and the wrist might still be playing, playing up a bit. And, you know, he had four sort of no-cut event in Mexico to ease himself back in. So, so yeah, that was why I crossed the line through him this week. And, um, yeah, well, last week, and uh, obviously that was a, a wrong move. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, thing about, the thing that impressed me about Hatton was that coming off that wrist injury and doing what they did. Uh, I didn't think he could do that two weeks back. You know, I mean, three months off and then two weeks back. Yeah. That was really, really impressive. And, and the tournament, Sunday was a little fun watch. 
it was fun watching all the all the guys try and catch and going back and forth and back and forth. Sanjay had to leave for a little bit there in the yeah. final round. I mean, it, it was it was it was a, it was a really good watch. Now, personally for me, we did hit our third straight winner on the uh, fantasy golf yeah, so that, yeah. segment. Yeah, so we hit we hit Hatton fifty to one um, last week. So that was nice. So so Tambo had Reed two weeks ago. He had um, M at, at the at the Honda, and I had. Um, Hatton last week. So that's three in a row. That's 10 winners in our last 26, 25 PGA Tour events. So that's not a bad little percentage coming from that's our betting segment. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. So, you know, maybe you want to stick around for that end segment when we put our bets. Now, when it comes to DFS, my week was not that great. Um, you know, I had a bunch of Rory. Uh, I had a, you know, Hatton was my cash game cornerstone. But when it came down to cash game cornerstones, it was so frustrating because I had Hatton and Bryson finished first and fourth. And then the other two guys, I don't know what happened to Rafael Cabrera-Bale. Uh, what I do realize is this is his third time he's missed a cut on the PGA Tour in like the last two-ish years. I've made him a cash game cornerstone in two of those three missed cuts. So, so basically he's on my never again, at least for a while, <laughs> on the cash game cornerstones. Now, the Stenson, that shit hurt. So uh, let me tell you this story. I, I will call this when cut sweats go wrong. Okay, so it's like 4, 4.30. I'm at work Friday afternoon. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I work at a restaurant. I, I just finished up my side work, and I checked my phone. Uh, and we're technically, we're not allowed to have our phones at work. So that, you know, I sneakily look at my phone and see where Stenson at. I see he's on 18. Uh, he pipes that drive 270 right down the middle. He needs to par the hole to make the cut, okay? And so I go into the bathroom. I have about 30 minutes, and, like, I don't really feel like helping my other coworkers at that time. I'd rather watch golf. So I go into my office, a.k.a. the bathroom stall. So I go into the bathroom. And, you know, it's 4.30. There's usually no one there. Uh, I didn't think of checking the other stalls to see if there's anyone else in there. I figured it was empty. So I go in, and I go into the stall, and I sit down, and I start, you know, trying to get the um, – get the PGA tour live or, you know, my YouTube TV up so I can see if there's show Stenson's last shot. And so, you know, our Wi-Fi work sucks. So I'm on the toilet, like, you know, trying to get this. I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, please hurry. Why won't you go? Please hurry. And I'm saying this out loud because I don't think I'm impatient as shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the, you know, like, come on, hurry the fuck up. And then, you know, and it's just not working. And so, you know, I go take off the Wi-Fi, And before I do that, I go check the PGA app to see, well, maybe the score's already up. And so needless to say, I go up and I see the app and I see he double bogeyed the fucking hole. And so I, I yell out a motherfucker, like loud as shit, like in the toilet, okay? So I, I get out of the toilet. I know I know Hatton misses a cut. Or not, not Hatton, Stenson missed the cut. So, you know, I go out of the toilet. I'm washing my hands and this old ass, like 95-year-old man walks out of the stall, like right next to me. <laughs> OK, he, he's, he's washing hands. Like, oh, and I'm about to apologize because, you know, we're, we're a high class restaurant. I don't want him thinking that, like, you know, we got some low class motherfuckers. We're in there, even though, you know, me, we do. You know? <laughs> but so 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 I'm about to apologize to him. I was like, you know, sir, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, and he puts his hand up. He's like, it's OK, son. I get angry when I can't piss, too. I'm like, what the fuck? I get angry when I can't like and he's like he said I get angry when I can't piss too and just walked out the door deadpan and I was like what the fuck is he talking about and I guess what it sounded like when I was in the stall was like I was talking to like my willy and be like hurry up 
please go. Hurry up. Why won't you go? Please go. So I, I think he thought like I was, I was actually talking to my cock. You definitely uh, did. I, I didn't flush. There was no like, you know, liquid sound going to the toilet. So the old man literally thought that I had trouble pissing. And that was the reason why that I could not, that I was cussing up a storm in the stall next to him, which is great. Better than me being a degenerate gambler. You know what I'm saying? Uh, on there. And so later on that, later on, a little bit while longer, I, you know, I, I'm at the host stand and the old man is leaving with his wife and he stops at the host, the host stand, looks at me, he's like, son, go see a doctor. You're too young for that shit. And just walks out the fucking door. And like my managers are there, like all the hosts are there and like, what the fuck was he talking about? I was like, I have no fucking clue and just walked away. So that's my cut sweat story right there. And when cut sweats go wrong, almost could have gotten me fired uh, if the guy really wanted to. Uh, so that's how that went. And then, of course, Maverick McNeely, who was another guy in my cash game, like I was the other two, one of the other two spots in my cash lineup, he – uh, he misses the cut on a bogey on the last hole too. So it was just a super tilting week for me when it came to cash because I had a first and fourth place. And so I still almost cashed with three of six. Like I was like eight to eight to 15 points out of cashing. So if one of those two dudes made par. I would have been easily in the green, would have been a profitable week. So it was, it was really shitty. I mean, GBPs did fine. You know, I, I made almost most of my, all my, all my money back. I lost like maybe 10% of my bankroll, my GPP bankroll, uh, but the cash, it hurt. So it wasn't a great week for me, but at least I hit the hat and bet that broke out a little bit even Tampa. How did you do last week? Oh, we can speed this part right up, my friend. I think it was a absolute disaster. I haven't got my calculator out yet, but I'm pretty sure I need to win the Millie this week to get last week's money back almost. It feels like that. <laughs> anyway, like it was what you said. It was like the McNeely thing, the Ortiz thing, the Stenson thing, Finau, all these guys just missing the cut, like right there. Uh, and then just the, you know, not having the top of the board, like the Leishman, you know, on a little bit of those guys. Rory did his thing, but another, you know, I just don't believe Rory. And we'll talk about him here any minute, but it's, you know, another top five with basically his C-level golf on Sunday. Yeah. And, he's, and he's still right there. It's just insane what he's the run that he's on. And I, I want to hear sort of what you guys think when we get to that point as far as game theory is concerned, because it's tough to say how people are going to react to this on a week that, you know, is, is important, has softer pricing, such a strong field, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, don't, don't need to talk about my DFS week much longer. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. So, you know, the one thing is, uh, let me go ahead and do this before we, we get on, because I have not had a drink since the DFS opened. So I want to go ahead and pour myself one right there. The funny thing is I was listening to some pods last week. I listened to Mayo and Feinberg's pod last week, and they were telling stories about me, and I had, like, no recollection of anything that happened that they were talking about. The embed the, the yeah. that you didn't yeah, get in. I, I have no idea. I had, like, no idea what they were talking about. Like, the only thing I remember from the DFS Open was, like, M winning, going to the strip club, and leaving the strip club smelling like liquor, body lotion, and regret. You know, that's all I, that's all I remember from, from the trip. So I, I'm glad I got to listen to a couple of the pods and there were some stories out there. It was a wild week, and, but I, you know, I had to give my liver a break. So I'm going to go ahead. Cheers to the DJ nation right here. All right, hold on. Let me take this up. All right. So before we get into the listening league and all that good stuff, 
Let's talk about gupscorner.com. Use promo code DGEN20. Get yourself 20% off a subscription to gupscorner.com, one of the best sites in the biz for all your DFS and betting needs. Uh, I work for the site. I write an article for the site. Tambo writes for the site. The Slack chat is amazing. So much info uh, put out on that Slack chat. The PGA tools are out. And the thing is that you get uh, ownership percentages from Gup. You get his rankings uh, each and every week, which are, you know, usually really, really solid. So make sure you go on, get, and the thing is, don't forget, it's not just golf. You get every single, almost all the DFS sports out there. And that is included in the price. So use promo code DGEN20. Get yourself a subscription to gupscorner.com right now. Let's move on to the listening league. Tambo, why don't you take it away? Yeah, updated it this week, guys. You know, appreciate you filling again last week. Last week was down to the wire. You know, we were a little bit worried. Uh, it got filled again at 3,000, so they, they gave us the good grace this week to bump us up to 3,500. Uh, now, uh, you know, the top three prizes are like 2,500, 2K. Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. And 1500 or 2500, 1500, 1000, or something like that. Either way, the top three prizes are four figures. It's 10% of first to 10th. It's completely balanced. It's almost 18% gets paid. No rake, fully guaranteed. $5 three max. So let's fill that up. The word on the street is if we can fill this one up, they'll move it to 4000 for the Masters. So want to see this one get filled at 3500 And then other than that, it, you know, it was another awesome week. Someone won a lot of money there last week. M Downey, 78, just crushed it. Yeah, he definitely did, and I'm an idiot, and I don't have his thing up. So, Martin, why don't you talk about um, a little bit more about you, how you did betting-wise last week, since, since we talked about DFS. The Gooch. How did you last yeah, week? Well, yeah, I'm glad, glad you brought it up. I was, wait, I was thinking, should I bring up Gooch? So, yeah, Gooch was my savior last week. Um, uh, I got, uh, on one hand, I got the rough end of the draw because uh, I'd obviously put my selections up on the Monday and was confident in my team and what have you. Uh, and then as the week went through, the forecast was worse and worse for Thursday afternoon. And of course, Sod's Law, four, four of my six guys were out on Thursday afternoon. Um, and with no disrespect to Hatton, I think if Bryson had been on the other side of the draw, he could have been coming home with the trophy because uh, he obviously played great stuff over the weekend to hang in there, but he had the bum end of the draw as it were so so I got I got killed on one end of the wrong end of the draw but um on the other hand um I saw an opportunity to get on the first round leader market and um yeah put uh, put Gooch up at 100 to 1 so I had a very pleasant morning on Thursday when the winds were calm and Gooch was literally in the first or second group first group out because I was there for 6.45 in the morning and um I was uh, following him around and he started off sort of slowly and par 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 and then Suddenly he went, um, uh, he went eagle uh, on 16, uh, hole out the bunker on 17, uh, hit it to a foot on 18 um, for birdie, and then uh, rolled in one from 20 foot on the first. He was playing it the wrong way around. Uh, so suddenly he was to five under, uh, and I was thinking, you know, we, we, we could have this, but then unfortunately he stalled slightly and Rory edged past him, and obviously Matt Every did his thing in the afternoon. Um, but uh, I was on the each way, so uh, 100 to 1, that was very nice, and that basically covered the whole week. So, uh, um, so 
that, that was the highlight, but it was then downhill from there on in, unfortunately, because uh, I had uh, five out of my six guys did make a cut. Uh, the aforementioned Ortiz was the one who let me down with uh, yeah. uh, his bogey, triple bogey finish or whatever it was. But uh, five out of six made the cut, but they all just sort of, you know, couldn't really get there. Pat Patrick Rogers, who I watched a lot of and, and played superbly on Saturday, looked like he was really going to get into the tournament until 16, you know, the easiest hole on the track, just caught him out on, 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 on Saturday and then he, he sort of struggled from there on in, unfortunately. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Gooch was the saviour. All right. So yeah, Gooch saved your life. I, I hadn't saved mine this past week. So, so we're in the same boat. All right. So let's go to this listener league. The winner was M Downey 78. No avatar to speak of, just a blank face. That's cool. Uh, he had Bryson DeChambeau, uh, 74 points, finished in fourth. Sung JN, M, 79.5 points, finished in third. Hatton, 95 points, finished in first. Leachman, 79 points, finished in second. That's really freaking solid. And those are four of our favorite plays last week, too. That's why I was a little bit bitter about I, – I felt like I should have done better in, in GBP. I just couldn't get the, the thing down because Leachman was one of my faves last week. Hatton and Bryson were cash game cornerstones, and then we had M, who we all love. And then he finished it up with Graham McDowell, who finished in 32nd with 53.5 points. And then this was the kicker. This was the winner right here. Another Korean brethren, Danny Lee, finished in fifth with 71.5 points. Tambo, what do you think of the lineup? Danny Lee, the, what is he? The New Zealand born? No, he was born in Korea. No, 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 no. The, what is it? South Korean born, identifies as a New Zealander, lives in Texas. That, that's the Danny Lee story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, parents, his parents moved to New Zealand. I think some of that could have to do with the military. Uh, maybe they didn't want, maybe they knew his skills and decided to move and get citizenship somewhere else because you cannot be a dual citizen in Korea. Like if you're a Korean citizen, you cannot be a citizen of any other country. There's no dual yeah. citizenship. Uh, they talked about it on the, in the broadcast and I just laughed a little bit. Cause the thing is that they were talking about be, both being South Korean, but then when they named like all three of those ways, I just laughed a little bit because it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, the lineup was insane. It's one of those things though, where, like you said, he has the four plays, but the Danny Lee and Graham McDowell at 0.9 and 0.6, just set it off. That That's the reason he won by, you know, over double digit points in our tournament. But also, you know, if you look at like the big $5 this week, um, it was Rory was still in those lineups because the, the setup, the way it went was that um, if you built your lineups like this, the way he has those four guys in DeChambeau, Hatton, Leishman, and M, you needed to have those exact one-offs that were just random because it's not even like they put up a bunch of points. They were the two lowest scoring guys. It's not a, you know, a knock on his lineup. It was just the way you had to build it. You had to have those exact ones. But yeah, M Downey crushed it. He's already got into the Lister League. Uh, league for the end of the year i know you're going to put him into the four man this week because we're going to get martin in there and then shout out right quick in six we had circling the drain that's my boy he's been on a heater and then in eighth flavor flav big dog i think he won over two hundred thousand on the slate this week between uh, you know the five dollar the 44 dollar wow. the all that stuff and so i thought it was interesting just to see him up there in eight that's awesome shout out to flavor flav for for making a run in this one as well but yeah huge week for him all right, it's probably a better week for that flavor flave than the other flavor flave who got booted out of public enemy. Uh, so <laughs> there you go on that one. All right, so let's get to the uh, let's get to the course preview for this week. Let's talk about the Players Championship. So the top golfers in the world head to Ponte Vedra, Florida, for the Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass with a total purse of over fifteen million dollars. Every golfer wants to come here and try and earn a healthy paycheck and test their skills on a difficult course. Another reason golfers like this course so much is because any type of golfer can win. There is no quote-unquote type 
that consistently does well here. Everyone has a chance. As you can see with some of the past winners at Sawgrass, Tim Clark, KJ Choi, Stephen Ames, Fred Funk. They've all won here in the past 16 years. Paul Goidos actually has two top three finishes here since 2008. Now, in that same time span, big names like Stenson, Sergio, Mickelson, Tiger, Day, Rory, Fowler have all won here as well. Like I said, everyone has a chance. That's what makes this tournament so great and why it can be difficult to predict for DFS purposes. Names like Day, Spieth, Rose, Rory, and Mickelson have all missed cuts at TPC Sawgrass recently. Three years ago, 16 of the top 32 ranked golfers in the field missed the cut. Through, uh, you know, and names like Spieth, JT, Ron, Finau, Bubba, Leishman, Kucher didn't play four rounds. Uh, Rose, Fowler, Day finished 60 years or worse. There's so many dangers on this course that everyone can fall victim to them at some point during the week. Now, looking at this year's field, there have been some bumps in the road at TPC Sawgrass for the 30 highest ranking OWGR golfers in this field. The 30 highest OGR golfers in the field have a combined 81 starts at Sawgrass the last three years. Here's their cumulative result, results. Missed cuts, 30.8%. 26 to 70th finish, 27.1%. 11th through 25th finish, 28.3%. And top tens, only 13.5%. This tournament, now, there's two wins, of course, Rory and Webb. So there, there, there is some hope for these, for these top guys. Don't get me wrong. Um, the tournament moved from May to March last year. And there are some differences compared to when they played in May. The biggest differences are probably the greens, the rough, and the wind change. The greens are overseeded with polo trivialis and bent grass this time of year, which could lead to them being softer and more receptive. They were definitely soft last year, and that made the course play fairly easy compared to years past. Last year, Phil Mickelson mentioned that the rough is not as long as we've seen in May, which could lead to longer, lead to longer more inaccurate drivers of the golf ball having a better chance to succeed. The prevailing winds at Sawgrass differ from March to May. The biggest issue when it comes to the, to the golfers and the wind change is 17 and 18. With the prevailing winds now north to northeast, it'll make the final two holes dramatically more difficult. If the wind blows hard, golfers will no longer be hitting a wedge into the 17th hole and will likely be pulling out a driver on 18 instead of a hybrid or iron. Uh, Tiger has said that he has hit six iron into, into 17 before in early spring conditions. Jason Day hit two iron wedge on 18 the year he won. But last year, many golfers had to hit driver five iron. Now, even though this tournament is tough to, to predict, there are you know a couple of trends and stats that stick out. I'm sure Tyler and uh, Martin will go over some of those. But one big trend when it comes to winners here the last decade is solid form leading in. Every winner here since 2010, except Siwoo Kim, had either a top 25 the week before their win, or if they didn't play the week before, had a top 10 in their previous event played. Now, Siwoo finished 22nd. Uh, he didn't play the week before he won, but he finished 22nd in his previous event played before his victory. There's 35 golfers in this week's field that fit this criteria, and I'm not going to go all over them. Uh, I'll probably post them at some point in time on the Gups Corner Slack this week. Now let's get to the meat of the course. TPC Sawgrass is a peak die design par 72 course that plays around 7,200 yards with four par threes and four par fives. Three of the par fives are reachable by most, and the par five ninth hole can only be reached by, in two by the longest of hitters. There were a few changes to the course four years ago. The bunkers are redone, 
another water hazard was added. The 12th hole added a new tee box to make it a drivable par four. And most importantly, many of the green complexes were redone and the grass and the greens switched from mini verde Bermuda to Tiff Eagle Bermuda. I say that this is the most important change because new grass on greens usually lead to firmer conditions and a large first hop on approaches. With the date change, overseeding, and the fact that the greens are now four years old, it's possible that the greens will be even more receptive than last year. Now, this point could be moot if the tour decides to bake out the greens. There really hasn't been that much rain down there uh, in, in, the last few, uh, in the last few weeks, though I think it might be raining today. Uh, I, Martin, you, Martin will know that. We'll get to you in a second. Um, now, there is, you know, if the, if the course superintendent doesn't water the greens, they could play like cement. Now, I doubt this will be the case after the last two weeks of carnage, but make sure you check, you know, media outlets uh, to see what golfers are saying about the firmness of the greens. Now, off the tee, golfers will face narrow tree-lined fairways with bunkers and water in play on almost all shots off the tee. There is a lot of water on this course, over 24 acres of water, to be more exact. Like most peat dye designs, there are many different types of dog legs on many of the holes. This will lead to players hitting less than driver on many of the holes played. The fairways have a lot of mounds and undulations and can be very firm if the course is dry. Missing in the rough on the right side can make the golfer's approach shots even more difficult because of the stadium mounds. You know, people die made these things uh, called stadium mounds on the right side. You know, basically just to make it easier for the fans to see the golfers. Uh, so they have like an elevated view. Now, if the golfers miss right on their tee shots and they hit it into one of these mounds, they could be facing a baseball type shot uh, on their approach shot. On their approach shot. Since a lot of water is on the left side of the greens, it makes these baseball type swings even more hair raising since the ball will be sitting on a draw hook line. On approach shots, golfers see very small greens. Bunkers surround most greens, and once again, a lot of water will be surrounding them as well. The greens themselves are multi-tiered, undulated, and tricky, which is a very typical peat dye design. Since 1992, there have been more three-putts on this course than any other non-major course on tour. The course uses Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass on the greens, and they are fast, with a stint meter rating of 12.5 and above. The outcome of this tournament will come down to the final three-hole stretch, which is nerve-wracking but can be played under par if golfers can get over nerves and the intimidation factor. Hole 16 is a reachable par 5 with a lot of trouble around the green. Anything from a 3 to an 8 is definitely possible here. Uh, three years ago, we saw RCB make an albatross on 16, so obviously anything can happen, and we probably could have used that last week. but It probably wouldn't help, actually. <laughs> then golfers move on to the iconic Island Green at 17, which in reality is usually one of the six easiest holes on the course, but with that intimidation factor, it makes the hole play much harder in the final round if golfers are in contention. Finally, golfers play the 18th, which is a visual and physical test for all golfers. In other words, it's hard. It's a long par four with water down the entire left side. I saw a picture of it today on Twitter from the back behind the tee box. And I'm like, where do you aim? Where can you possibly aim on 18? Uh, now, since 2003, 18 has played nearly 2,000 strokes over par. So this tournament can definitely be won or lost on these final three holes. Now, Martin, I know you've been there the last few years. Why don't you tell us what you're looking for in golfers? Um, if I did said anything wrong about the course and, 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 and different stats that you're looking for in golfers this week. Um, yeah, thanks, Kenny. Um, you, you pretty much nailed it there. But uh, 
the first thing to say is yes, uh, a, a previous high finish here uh, is, is, or a previous course form coming in or form coming in is key. Uh, you can go back, uh, I think the last nine winners were all 22nd or better uh, in their previous start. Um, so whether that was at Bay Hill or whatever the event was before, uh, back when it was in May. So the last nine winners have all been 22nd or better in the previous start. Uh, the other thing here is that previous course form is key. It, it, this isn't a course for, for debutants. So uh, yes, um, you know, Speed finished fourth here on, on debut and Xander finished second on debut, but no debutant wins here or there's one here for, for many a moon. And um, uh, the average start, I think, is something like five or six starts for past winners here to have had the, the, the uh, course before they, they've gone and taken the trophy. So if you fancy, like, uh, some Jay to keep form going, he missed the cut last year. Um, uh, you know, Morikawa, Hovland making their debut, they're, they're not the sort of players I'd be looking at this week. And um, I think we can go back to 2005 and... Every single one of the winners um, has had a higher previous finish here before. So the worst is, is Siwoo, who bucked the trends completely all round a couple of years ago or a few years ago. Uh, he'd only made one previous start and he finished 23rd on that occasion. Uh, I think the next worst is KJ Choi, who'd been 16th um, on a previous occasion. Uh, and then any, any one of the others since then, you know, since 2005 up to now, have had, you know, a top 10 or, or even better. So um, the course itself, as you say, suits no one type of player um, so you can be long and, and do well here and, and you can be a plodder like a Fred Funk or whatever or um, uh, you know a, a Stephen Ames or someone like that a fairways and greens man um, and although you know there are some holes that favor a draw so 18 you talked about uh, 12 which was turned into a drivable par 4 now that's sort of a draw around the corner and 10 as well as a draw, a, a draw around the corner but also there's holes like 7 and 15 where it more suits a cut and also, you know, some of the par fives like two and, and sixteen are pretty pretty straight. So, you know, it, it suit, if you're in form coming in, and this is why we see the informed players do well, then you can make a decent score here. You know, you'll see sixty fours, sixty threes, even sixty fives. Uh, but if you're struggling, it'll catch you out, and that, that that's the thing. And um, it's as you say, anyone can play well here if their game is on. All right. So, Tambo, any stats that you're looking for this week? No, I, I think you guys both talked about quite a bit there. It's, you know, like you said, their form coming in is such an important factor. The bogey avoidance is a real thing here. Yeah, you know, ball strikers just in general. And then going to be a little bit of feel, right? It's one of those majors. So as far as it relates to DFS or DraftKings or any site that we're about to talk about here, you know, we're going to get in a thrive in a second as far as props are concerned. But it really comes down to a little bit of that feel as well for just, you know, building out the whole thing. A lot of people are going to, you know, jive to these names, quote unquote, where it's guys that are, you know, popping off the page but maybe not necessarily winners on tour. And we'll get into some of that when we get into the ranges. But before we get into the tiers, I'm going to talk to you guys real quick. I want to go into Thrive Fantasy. Kenny and I have been talking about it for the last few weeks. It's thrivefantasy.com, daily fantasy sports prop site for all player props uh, related to golf. So you can go on there. You can hop in. Don't need to do countless hours of research. They've already got it set up. So you're just picking through 10 guys and their props that go with them. You only have to pick five and a tiebreaker or two, depending on the buy-in. The more points you get, uh, you know, the more risky the play is, I guess, the more the more points you get. That's a better way to put it. So uh, you want to rack up the most points. It pays out just like a GPP on any other site as far as the share of the prize pool. And they've got new contests for each day. 
So instead of worrying about the cut sweat or, you know, gal, you know, you just talking about stories with McNeely, Stenson, instead of having old guys worry about what you're doing in the bathroom with you, you know what? You, you can just play it daily. It, it's just like showdown on DraftKings. So uh, over $10,000 guaranteed in prizes weekly for all contests. We want to talk about golf, of course. When you go over there, guys, use the promo code DGEN. That's D-E-G-E-N when you sign up and you'll receive an instant match up to $25 on your first deposit. All right, sounds good. Let's get to these tiers. Let's start in the 10K range. we got Dustin Johnson all the way to Roy McIlroy. Tambo, why don't you start us off? Uh, I wanted you guys to go first. I want to hear your Roy take. So, Martin, you, you let us know first. Before anything else, what are you doing with Roy McIlroy this week? Um, I'm not backing him. He's not from a betting perspective. Um, I'm not putting my money on him. Uh, a couple of interesting things about Rory and also this tournament. And obviously with Rory being the best player in the world, this doesn't necessarily mean anything whatsoever. But still, uh, Rory's never actually defended a title that he's won before the following year. Uh, I got into a bit of a debate with a couple of people on Twitter about this last night. And someone sort of said, well, how often does that happen? You know, it's not like everyone does it apart from Tiger. He did it all the time. Uh, but if you look at Ram. Thomas, Ketka, DJ, um, it's something they've all done, but Rory's never done it. And also, um, no one, and I'll stand corrected here, but no one's actually defended this title there, or this trophy, since, uh, since the event started out. So, um, from that point of view, he's... Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. If you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at $14.50 to $15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including 6% 401k match, $1 a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with Walmart today. Again, all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply. Yes, of course, he'll be there or thereabouts on a DK basis. Um, I'm sure he'll be one of the top points earners and, you know, he'll stack a lot of lineups up from the top. But um, I wouldn't be backing him at the sort of six, seven to one years on, you know, with the UK bookmakers. Yeah. Kenny, what, what are you doing, Roy? I'm not sure. It's going to depend on ownership for me. Um, I think if he's going to be over 20, projected over 20%, like one of the highest owned guys, it could be worth a fade. Because in this tournament, there's so much carnage. There's so many different avenues where golfers that you think are going to do well just shit the bed. And I don't think Rory's going to be one of them, but it's definitely possible. I mean, the way he played on Sunday was no bueno. There were conditions. It was rough out there. But uh, I'm going to lean towards John Rahm this week. And John Rahm is going to be one of my favorite plays. He he, he was in the lead uh, either last year or the year before going into the final round. Uh, he's played this course well before, um, you know, really good on par fives, really good on long par fours. I think more a half of the par fours on this course are between 450 and 500 yards. And Rom is number one uh, in this tournament, in this field, in the last 50 rounds. He's also very good on par threes. <clears throat> and I know the par fives are going to be important, 
But really, what it comes down to at this event is how do you play on the par fours and the par threes. Everyone's going to score on the par fives. You got to get it done on the tougher holes. And he's inside the top five in strokes game par four and strokes game par three in the last 50 rounds. So I'm going to go Rom. Now, my next pick, it's either going to be Justin Thomas or Rory. I haven't decided yet. Uh, if Rory is going to be, if people are going to be off Rory, which I don't think is going to happen. I think he's going to be one of the highest owned golfers out there. Uh, you know, if he's one of the highest zone, I'm going to go down to Justin Thomas because I think he could be sort of uh, lost in the shuffle uh, with all these top guys with, with Rom and Rory up top. You know, you can't really use all three of them. You know, <laughs> you can make Roy Rom lineups, but because, you know, the field is so stacked and the pricing is so soft. Uh, but, you know, you can't use all three. So it's, either, it's definitely Rom and then it's going to be Rory or JT for me. What about you, Tambo? Yeah, so that's what I want you guys to go. This feels like one of those situations I'll just talk about. I mean, we'll talk more at the top than we do in the other positions. But at the end of the day, it looks like one of those spots where even if he wins, there could be a position where he's not in the winning lineup. We saw it with, you know, Brooks Kepka or, you know, Tiger Woods, those situations where they weren't necessarily needed. There was other optimals that came out better with those guys near the top or, or in the winner's circle, I should say. And because Roy's so much more expensive, and then you've got the fact that he's never defended. And to Martin's point, it's actually – since 2005, Adam Scott was the last one, but nobody's even finished in the top 15 following a year after a win. So, I mean, Roy's got everything stacked against him. So it's not a hot take because it's Roy McIlroy, but I feel like by the end of the week, the ownership is going to come down on Roy because of all those factors. And I'm going to say it's at least another top five, if not a top three. I'm, I'm going to play some Roy. I, I don't know what everybody else is going to do. Like I said, it may just be a stupid take at the end of the week, but I just feel like C-level golf on Sunday, as I mentioned, you know, I love Rom. I love Thomas. I'm not in on Kepka. I've got a plan for DJ, not in on those guys. So for me, it's, uh, you know, those three at the top, but I'm definitely going to have some Roy. And I'm hoping by the end of the week, we see somewhere in that 15 to 20 range and I can get overweight on him and have a nice stance against the field. Because I think he's by far, we know, we've seen it. He's the best golfer in the world. And I know the field's strong, but the pricing is also soft. So I think there's a lot of nice Roy McIlroy lineups you can make. So that, that's if my he, take, but I want to talk that out, out, out loud. If he's 15, if he's under 20% and projected on Gubb's corner, when I look at the uh, projected ownership, I'm going to play him. I'm going to play him. You're, you're 100% correct. I think right now you were right, though, is that you're, everyone's going to say there's no way in hell because this, that, and the other. But I'm just saying all these things will keep coming out throughout the week. The defense, the fact he's so expensive, not necessarily you can get balanced builds that can beat it, all, all these factors. And we'll just see what he actually comes in at the end of the week. And because of that, and because we truly never know till lock happens, I, you know, if everyone's saying 21, 22, and then everyone goes, oh, shit, when Locke happens and he's 16 or 15, I'll, I'll be happy to have 20 to 25 right there, no problem, and then still have plenty of lineups that I can go without him. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that take. Uh, let's move on to this 9K range. I'm going to go ahead and start because I got two of my cash game cornerstones uh, in this range. The first one's going to be Webb Simpson at $9,200. I mean, you look at him. He's one of the best approach and one of the best putters in this field. I, I, you can't really go wrong with that. He makes a ton of birdies, you know, really good on par fours, really good on par threes, uh, good scrambling stats. I think uh, something like uh, 10 of the last 13 winners were like top 60 and scrambling for the year they won. Uh, so, you know, I, there is going to be some around the green play uh, in this event just because the greens are so small and the wind picks up. It's definitely going to be a factor. Uh, so, so I do like Webb as my first cash game cornerstone, and I'm going right under him. Uh, he's been my man crush all year, one of my man crushes, him and Maverick Manili. But Bryson DeChambeau, uh, he, he, I'm playing him, my second cash game cornerstone, $9,100. 
Uh, now, if you look uh, sort of as a long-term stats, they don't look as great, but he's really gotten into form the last few weeks. Uh, you look at his uh, iron play the last few weeks. He is, um, I think, you know, top 25 in strokes game approach, but last week he was really, really solid in, in, uh, in his irons. What, he has the best off the tee game. Him and Rory are the two top right now, and he might even be better than Rory at this moment off the tee. He gets a ton of birdies, and he's top, you know, really good in, uh, he's been really good on par fours and par fives recently. Top five in strokes game par four and strokes game par three, I'm sorry, in the last um, 12 rounds in this field. And his overall proximity is very solid. You're going to get a lot of tee shots from a lot of different numbers because of the way the course is set up. A lot of long holes, some short holes, you know, you're going to have a lot of like 200 plus. You're going to have 150 to 175, 125 to 150. They're all pretty spread out when it comes to that. So I'm looking at overall proximity, and he's third in the field in his last 12 rounds. So he's been hitting him close. If he gets that putter going like he did on the back nine this past week at Bay Hill, watch out. He can win. So those are my two cash game cornerstones in this 9K range. Um, and I'm going to play Fleetwood. At 9,000. I think people might be off of him because of his play last week. The guy just shows up here all the time. His game should suit this course to a T. So I'm a fan of Fleetwood as a GPP play. Uh, Martin, who do you like? Uh, I'm with you all the way on Bryson. Um, he's, uh, he's one of my bets this week. Uh, I think the, the one slight worry I had about him again is because I'm very much one for trends in this tournament, past trends. He doesn't quite have the amount of sort of bank of course form here that uh, I'd look for in a, if I'm backing someone to win. But he's played well here in his last two, well, his only two starts here. I think he was 20th last year, 37th, I think, from memory, the, the year before. So um, so I'm happy to, you know, obviously see who proved you can just pitch up here and win after one start. But yeah, he, he's been on fire the last, last few weeks, obviously at the beginning of the year when he had all the distance. Uh, he was struggling a bit with the irons and what have you, but that's all coming around now as well. So yeah, I, I love Bryson. Um, I'm, I'm not so keen on Webb, um, who you mentioned. Um, I think, you know, he obviously has had a long break since he won in Phoenix and his only start since then was Mexico when he was way down the field. So um, one thing I will say I missed about this, Martin, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. one thing about Webb and Mexico, he's never finished better than 37th and three tries there. That's just Fair not enough. his yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't too much, wouldn't put too much stock in that 61st in Mexico. I, yeah. I, I yeah. Wouldn't. No, you may, you may well, you may well be right, but um, yeah, he, he's not for me this week. Cantley. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not backing him, but I expect a really strong showing for him. So certainly I'll put him in a, you know, a couple of DK teams. Um, he, again, he hasn't really got the bank of course form here yet, but he's, I think he's been third, seven and third at Hilton head, uh, which is obviously a Pete Dye design as well. So, you know, he's obviously uh, <coughs> happy on a quirky Pete Dye course. Um, and um, yeah, Tommy, uh, I'm put off, put off backing in by the stat about, um, you know, the, the decent finish required in the start before uh, to win here. But, uh, uh, and obviously he's coming on the missed cut, but I expect him to bounce back and have a, have, have a solid week. All right, Tam, who you like? I kind of like the guys at the top for you know, GPP sprinkling them. I think everyone's going to roll to Simpson, Bryson, Fleetwood. I'll get to those guys. I do like them, but uh, sprinkled about with Cantlay, Scott, and Shoffley. I think all great plays, and everyone's going to go above or below. So, so some great GPP plays there. Uh, Webb, who you talked about, I always like him uh, in these events. I always think he's just overrated, and his price is there. But the Bryson thing is just you got to just find a way to get different and, and use him because he's, like you said, he's Rory, basically. He's the same off the tee game fourth, second, and fifth at his last three to Rory's fifth, fifth, and fifth. 
So, and, and you know, he's 20th year last year, 37th year before that. The stats all line up. That shot $2, on $2,500 cheaper. 20, yeah, 26, actually, yeah, yeah. if you do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, fourth at Hilton Head as well, guys, before. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, one of those things. You're just going to have to be different elsewhere. I just think at the end of the day, he's a great play. It's, it's going to be how you get unique with Bryson. I don't necessarily like him as a pivot. Uh, I'll take us into the 8K range because my first T3PO is going to be at the top. And you said it already, Kenny. But I think there's been a little bit of chatter after, you know, Fowler. All he really did was knock a 70-foot putt down. <laughs> I, I've been hard on the guy all season. But people are seeing him coming into a little bit of form. There's talk if he didn't have that nine and et cetera, et cetera. The fact is he did. And if people want to play him, I'll, I'll happily go to Fleetwood uh, right there above him. If people are off Fleetwood off a one missed cut and the week before where he quote-unquote choked, he's 9K. It's a, it's a completely fair price. I saw a stat. Uh, I think it was Justin Ray. We talk about him all the time. But he's got a you know the best scoring average at Sawgrass, Fleetwood does, of over the last 10 years of a minimum 12 rounds, which he just hits the minimum, three for three here. But still, that, that's pretty crazy for that scoring average, fifth, seventh, and a 41st. Uh, everything to go with him beyond what, you know, a miscut. I don't really care about it. It was a tough loss the week before gives him a little bit of a break to get relaxed, rested up. The course suits him. We know it. So I definitely like Fleetwood over Fowler. Uh, you know, I'm just fading Fowler all season. I think, uh, Matsuyama right in the sweet spot, baby, 8,800, not even close to five figures. Don't care if he's chalk either, uh, ball striking, you know, just beast when it comes down to it, a great record here. I, I know it could be bad chalk, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to take a shot with it. 8,800. I like him. Everyone's going to love him, including myself. That's, you know, insane. Him is like 28, 30 to one in certain places, I think, for, for the books. And guys around him like Rose are 60 to one. So uh, we know what Ims can do. He's going to be the interesting one. Uh, there's one more that we'll get to when we get down to the $7,900 price. I'm sure you guys know it, Morikawa. But I, I think Im is going to be super popular, but I still like him. And then I love my boy Reed and, and Woodland to round it out. So, you know, my, Woodland's my guy, the, the world, you know, the champion, good form coming in, the stats, all that. I know he doesn't have the best record here, but I love him at 8,300 for DK scoring. Yeah, I, I, my, my third cash game cornerstone is definitely going to be Hideki Matsuyama at $8,800. You're right. Everything lines up. Iron game is solid. Tita Green game, one of the best in this field. Really good from 450 to 500 yards. Good proximity stats. He's been really good around the greens here lately now strokes gain around the greens doesn't include putting so you know he's six in strokes gain around the green uh and he's 60th in this field in scrambling in the last 50 rounds scrambling takes into account putting we know Hideki and his putting woes but I think his ball striking is good enough where he can be in contention if that putter's average he can be very very strong really good on uh, par fours as well third in the field in strokes gain par fours in the last 50 rounds and eighth in bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds in this field. So I definitely like Hideki a bunch. He'll be my third cash game cornerstone. Other guys that do like, I'm a fan of Reed in this range. and I'm a fan of Woodland, just like you in this range. Martin, who do you like? Uh, with you on Hideki all the way. He's um, him and um, the, the other guy I didn't get a chance to mention to at the top, Justin Thomas. And my idea, my main idea, of the two winners this week, along with Bryson. Uh, Hideki and JT have the perfect sort of previous portfolio here, if you like. So, you know, they've had five, six starts, they've had the high, high finishers, um, they've got the decent recent form. Um, so it all stacks up, stacks up to me. Uh, I like if we go right down to the bottom of the 8Ks there, Sergio is, um, uh, you, you know, he's, he's a safe, safer pair of hands you can get around here. Uh, you know, as, as a Mr. Cup here in, in 
donkey's years, as we say, and uh, uh, he'll, he'll show up again. He's, he's in solid form at the moment. He'll show up and uh, he'll play very well for us. He'll be, you know, an, an 8K player. Uh, I'd be happy to fade Sunjay this week, actually. Um, I think he must be getting a bit drained with everything that, uh, you know, he's been to on those two tough courses over the last couple of weeks. I know he's an iron man, but uh, you'd think he must be a little bit mentally frazzled and uh, obviously missed the cut here on debut last year. So he, he, he's not for me this week. Uh, neither's Paul Casey, who doesn't seem to like it here for whatever reason. This place doesn't agree with him. Uh, and obviously Rose is, you know, struggling at the moment as well. So to be honest, there's not many players in that range that I would really want to do too much with. Um, I say Hideki and Sergio would be too for me there. Yeah, I sort of agree with him on that. You know, to, to grind out eight rounds in those tough-ass conditions the last two weeks and being in contention the whole time, it has to take a toll. I mean, he, he's a grinder. He plays every week, but at some point in time, it's going to catch up with him. It might not be this week because the guy's amazing, but yeah. at some point it will. Uh, and, and so we'll see. I think he's a fade for me, especially if he's going to be popular. Uh, let's move down to this 7K range. I want to go with my final cash game, Cornerstone. We'll go to this upper 7K range. Colin Morikawa, last week at Bay Hill, impressed me more that week than any other week he's played the whole his whole tour career. The reason why is, you know, he really you never really seen him play like a really, really tough test, you know. And this, is, this was the toughest, the toughest test last week. And to do what he did, finish top 10, it really impressed me. Like, it proved to me that this guy can play on any type of course at any time and still succeed. Birdie, fest, grind, wind. It, it, okay, it could have just one week. I understand that. But it was super impressive for me. And, you know, my number one stat this week is strokes gain approach. So less than driver course. So, you know, strokes gain approach. He is first in this field in the last 50 rounds. Number one in this field in the last 50 rounds. 15th in proximity in the last 50 rounds in this field. Hits a ton of greens. Six in strokes gained tee to green in the last 50 rounds in this field. So I know there is some worry about him being a first-timer, but I believe in him. Uh, I think he'll do fine. I think he'll make the cut at bare minimum. He He's never missed a cut. cut. He's never yeah. missed a cut. Yeah. And so, 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 so my four cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Webb Simpson at 9,200, Bryson DeChambeau at 9,100, Hideki Matsuyama at 8,800, and Colin Morikawa at 7,900. This leaves you 15,000 left to finish out your range. And there's a bunch of guys in that 6K range that you can go to and cash, and I, I think you can. So you might be able to put another 8K golfer uh, in there and have five golfers over $7,900 in this field, which is what I like. And I'm going super balanced uh, in cash this week. So that, that's what I'm going to go. Other guys I do like in this range for GPPs. Um, I like Shane Lowry a, a little bit. He's been sort of under the radar playing really good golf. He's really good out of the bunkers. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of bunker shots in this, in this tournament, really good around the greens. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be proved important this week. And he's very good on par fours and par threes. Like I said earlier, more important stuff. Also six in bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds in this field, if that wind picks up at all, that's going to be an important stat. And I think he'll be very, very low owned being surrounded by the likes of Kucha, Hovland, Leishman, uh, you know, on Stenson, Morikawa. I think he'll be the least owned. I think he makes a great GBP play. And I'm going back to Leishman in this range again. The guy's just been playing too well. Martin, what about you in this 7,500 and up range? 
Yeah, well, I, I agree with you on Morikawa and that he will play well. Uh, you have to think this course is um, one that would be perfect for him with his approach. But I actually watched him play on Sunday. I uh, watched him play his round. I wanted to take a look at him. Uh, and um, I didn't really have any more of a chance of winning. So uh, um, I watched him play and uh, he, he got off to, you know, a slowish start. So a lot of players did. And uh, uh, he just hung in, in there, as you say, ground it out really well. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll put a solid week in. And, you know, he could he, he could finish top top five, top top ten easily, like, like Sander did here on the, de- on the debut. Uh, Cooch, obviously, you know, you guys will know better than I do, but you probably don't get Cooch at 7,800 for that often. And he's a past champion here. Uh, you know, steady Eddie. And um, I'd expect him to, to go well and, and give, give some value. Uh, and agree with you on, on, on Shane Lowry. Um, I'd be wary of, obviously, Spieth. Uh, Neiman seems to have lost his way a little bit of late. Um, so I wouldn't be willing to to go with those guys and you never really know what you're going to get with uh, Benny Arn, obviously. So, um, uh, so yeah, the two in that range for me would be uh, Morikawa and Kucha. All right, Tambo, who you like? Yeah, I, I like Morikawa. You talked about him enough. I think uh, the only thing is, like you said, the first-timer issue, but I, I would probably take Morikawa over him this week if I was making a decision, like you said, sort of just the, the way I feel. I, I love him, but like you said, if Morikawa doesn't miss a cut, I mean, 7900 it's just too cheap of a price. For that, my, my second two to be able, I, there's always some sentiment out there for Benny Ann and the ball striking and whatnot, but he just doesn't come around with the putter. And to Martin's point there, you, you don't get Kuchar at 7,800 very often. And people, he's like our other villain, Kenny, that we've always talked about. And I think it just, you know, stands out to me. He doesn't seem like he's going to be too popular. He's got decent form. He's got a great history here. The stats line up. He's a guy that whether it's going to be good weather, bad weather, grind it out, score, whatever he needs can get there. So Kuchar over on for me, uh, you know, Stenson even, is a, is a fine play there with Morikawa. You guys talked about Leishman. Who stands out? I think Leishman is the obvious one. And then going down a little bit, you can get, you know, a couple guys. I want to say this about Hatton because I mentioned at the top of the show, but I think everyone's already mentioned that they sort of dislike, you know, Hatton because he said he won't be ready till Wednesday or whatever. We'll see what actually happens when people click the button and the ownership comes out. But if he somehow comes in low-owned, I mean, I'm right back on him. I, I don't really care. I don't think this is enough of a – I know it's a huge win. It's his first on the PGA Tour, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day – He's been fantastic at, on all fronts. This is the spot. I, I don't think it's going to drain him too much or anything. I think he comes right back out firing. And I like him. Uh, Fitzpatrick over um, Kisner or Poulter or some of these other guys I've heard mentioned there would be my third pivot just because I, I don't think Fitzpatrick gets enough respect. We've talked about him plenty of times in the past. He proved again on Sunday. He was the only guy to shoot sub-70 over the weekend at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, with the 69 there on Sunday, and, and it could have been even better. So I, I really like a, a good Sunday round incoming. We talk about that all the time when a guy has a good Sunday round and then carries it over. He, he's had good form anyway. Uh, you know, sees Hatton get the W, I think, with his recent form stats. I, I definitely like Fitzpatrick. Uh, and then just my boy Poulter to round it out. At the bottom, couple guys, Answer, Berger, Snedeker. But I'll let, I'll let you guys talk through some of those. Yeah, I'm a big Fitzpatrick fan this week. I mean, his ball striking, his tee to green game has been exceptionally solid. Uh, the last, you know, a couple times he's been out. And you're right, and he doesn't get that much respect. These Europeans down, uh, they don't just, they don't just, they don't garner ownership uh, that often. So I do like Fitzpatrick in this lower 7K range. Other guys I do like, I, I like Berger. The guy's just been playing really good golf. He's been really good around the greens here recently. Really good from the sand. A good on long iron shots. There's a bunch of 200 plus yard uh, approaches in this in this tournament. He's very very good from that range. So I'm a big 
burger fan. Uh, I'm on answer as well. I think his time is going to come. I'm going to keep on playing him until he finally wins because it's going to happen at some point in time uh, here soon. I, I, you know, really good, really good golfer. And his time is coming. One fade I will say, the shout out to the tour junkies. Uh, last year when I went to the players championship, they know, they know Lucas Glover and the, they know Lucas Glover's caddy. And uh, the one thing that they told me was that Lucas Glover hates TPC Sawgrass. Like, he, it's his least favorite course. He hates playing here. So I don't know how much ownership he would have gotten, but that was a little tidbit uh, from Pat and DB over at the Tour Junkies, really good guys. Uh, so that's one fade for me. Martin, who you like in this range? Lower 7K. Uh, yeah, well, one guy I forgot to mention at 7,500 that I do quite like is uh, Billy, Billy Horschel. Um, he's been solid of late. I know he said his game wasn't quite on last week and he had a bit of work to do, but obviously he's a Pontevedra guy and he's been solid here, but unspectacular before. But um, just a hunch, this could be, could be a good week for him. Um, Fitzpatrick, my concern is he's... He's not been better than 41st, I think it is, in four, four visits. And he missed the cut first two years and 40-odd second two years. So chances are he'll improve a bit again this year. But, you know, he doesn't seem to have taken like a duck to water here, as it were. But um, the guy I've got a sneaky hunch for, and purely hunch out of that bunch of the English guy down there, is actually Matt Wallace. Because um, he was 20th on debut last last year. And uh, he he played solidly last week. So it sort of seems to have turned a little bit of a corner. And it could just be Hatton's win inspires him, which could have case with Fitzpatrick as well. Uh, Berger with you all the way. Um, yeah, he's actually one of my bets this week. You know, there's nothing not to like about him this week. And, and Poulter as, as well, obviously, is a very safe pair of hands around there. I, I mean, the thing about the, uh, the the country, like your countrymen winning narrative, it's sort of been a true thing uh, this season. I mean, look at the Aussies. Absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, and, and not, not only that, look at last week. Uh, yeah. After M1, Kang was top 10. Uh, uh, Danny Lee, top 10. You know, I mean, I, I know Danny is technically New Zealand, but he's Korean, okay? He was born yeah. in Korea. K- KH uh, Lee was rolling for a bit on Saturday. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, KH Lee had a really good round on Saturday. I mean, I think that's a uh, – outside of Americans, because, you know, you can see that Americans don't really bond that well together, a.k.a. the Ryder Cup. But, you know, outside of that, that whole countrymen winning narrative thing, I think is – is a real deal. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah. One more thing too, with answer, you mentioned, we're still waiting on the answer win, but Ernie Els won on his third event on the champions tour last week. Complete, you know, so almost everybody from that president's cup team, even the captain have won now and, and <laughs> know, answer is still waiting. We've been waiting for answers. And, so definitely and, like and answer. Ben on. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben on and Ben on, yeah. but he's not, he's not winning. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to this. Martin, we're going to start with you in this 6k range okay. because this is always the toughest range in DraftKings, maybe you have a little bit knowledge because there's, you know, you, you've gone to the events, you know how this course plays. Who do you like in the 6K range? Yeah, well, thanks for asking, um, Kenny. Well, I, I do actually think that this range is a range that offers a bit of value this week because the way I've looked at it is if you can put a team together with, with your sort of JTs and your Brysons and Camplays in and, and still have uh, you know have some decent money down the bottom there to go with a couple of 6k guys even pop a Sergio in or something um, and there's quite a few I like in that area so I like GMAC um, I think uh, he could be this year's sort of you know older guy if you like who get, gets in the mix as it were um, obviously Joel Damon everyone will love um, I'm not betting on him but uh, he, he's obviously played well in last year and in really solid form at the moment uh, a couple of other sort of old, older guys that I know Ben Coley's put up this week who um, Obviously, a lot of your readers will probably look at uh, a Duffner and Walker, and they're they're both 
the sort of guys who could plod around here to a really good week, and which is what you're looking for in your 6K range. Uh, my man, Sepp Stracker, as well, who sits right down at the bottom there at uh, uh, 6,000 exactly, I think. Um, not saying he's going to win. Uh, obviously, debutants don't win around here. Uh, but I think both from a DK point of view and also a betting point of view, which we'll touch on later, um, each way, I think he is um, a really good dark horse this week. Uh, he played really, really well at the stadium course um, earlier this year at the Amex, which is obviously another peak die design. Uh, he was third at the die course that's um, literally next door to here, on the road from here, that's used for the um, what was web.com tour championship a few years back uh, and I actually backed him at the Amex at 300 to 1 and so I thought his ball striking would be suited to that die design and he shot 65-66 on his two rounds there and didn't uh, make any bogeys so I've got to be thinking he'll be nicking his shots at coming out here so uh, um, yeah I'm all, all over him this week and, and the other guy as well right down the bottom which uh, I almost thought you know is this the other Zach Johnson because this is Zach Johnson I think he's a club pro who played in the PGA a few years ago uh, different Zach Johnson uh, but for some reason Zach Johnson is down at 6k and I know these prices were up before uh, maybe this last weekend where he played solidly at Bay Hill uh, he's got some good history at Sawgrass and you know he's, he's making noises about being back on the right track slightly so i think he certainly offers some value at 6k no more pxg right wasn't he a pxg guy i'm not i'm not sure to be honest but um yeah but his game certainly seems to be turning around i'm pretty sure that's chez that's chez that's not that's not zach okay uh who do you like in the 6k range table a bunch of chalk so it's going to end bad but yeah i mean some of these guys are just priced poorly like the domins the homas keith mitchell's Ryan Palmer, you know, just, you know, you mentioned a few of them there. Even Furyk, way out of form, but back at a course where he can just plot around, get it in the fairway, and, and do his thing. Uh, Henley stands out at 6,400. I do like him. Uh, might go overlooked a little bit, coming off an 8th and a 17th. Uh, Streelman down there at 6,300. I know I missed cut before that, but he's got the game for it, so 6,300 for him. And then dropping down, you mentioned a couple of them, Martin, but, you know, the Zach Johnson – the Jimmy Walker, the Charlie Hoffman, sort of round out the bottom for me, Kenny. What about you? Yeah, you know the, the, the chalk, you know Dominic and Homo. Yeah, they're they're, they're great. I, I'll probably play them. But some guys, I think I'm back on Corey Connors this week. I know he's been playing horrible, uh, but the thing is, you know, it's been on tougher tracks. This course, it might not be as tough. The last two years, last year it was like the 23rd toughest course on tour. The year before it was the 29th toughest course on tour. Uh, it depends on the reception of the greens, but you know, if it's, if it's 13, 14 to 18 under, which I'm guessing the, the winning score would be this week, as long as the wind doesn't pick up and the forecast is right. Uh, I think, you know, this is the type where you can bounce back on them and under 2% ownership. I mean, a flyer GPP play. Um, these are all flyers. Kokrat, another flyer. His iron game has been getting better. He sort of struggled there a little bit earlier in the year, but it looks like that ball striking is coming back to form. Uh, he's really good with his longer irons, too good from 200-plus. Uh, other little flyer guys that might go overlook, Dylan Fratelli. Uh, he's been playing decent golf here recently, uh, top 25 last week. Um, there was one more. Oh, Christian Bezidenhut. Uh, I talked about him last week, uh, and my dumbass made him the last one I left off the list like a fucking idiot after I said on the pod that, you know, watch out for this guy. He plays good in good, strong fields. And he showed up again last week. This guy shows no fear. We talked about him earlier, earlier last year at some point in time. This yeah. is the guy who, who drank the rat poison when he was young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it fucked up his whole 
body and like it took him years to recover uh and all that stuff so he, he had a, he had a rough going when he was young uh and you know and now he's getting in the form and you know on a tough course like that you know if the course plays tough and it's a technical track a tricky track you know it probably would come easy to him because he's been through all the hard shit already you know what i'm saying so it's definitely a narrative when it comes down to it but it's another great story but i do like your two 6k calls uh both are, i love henley as well yeah I'm, 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 if I could just very quickly come back in, guys, because uh, Henley, yeah, I forgot to mention a, a couple more very quickly. Um, Danny Lee, um, I think he's great down there. He's got some history here. Uh, and also, if we look at the Amex angle, uh, the guy who pops up every now and again, uh, Andrew Landry won at Amex, obviously, two rounds on the uh, peak die course there. So, um, yeah, he, he can be worth a look. All right, this sounds good. Anyone we miss, guys? I don't think so. All right, that sounds good, Tamil. Why don't you take us into the, uh, the betting segment there, brother? Yeah, we got, we got a new sponsor, guys. So it's time for their betonline.ag betting segment of the week. We're going to have some new podcasts out. You guys will see it. will have the, the betonline.ag sponsorship on there. Uh, they're your online sportsbook expert. You can use the promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word for a 50% off welcome bonus. Uh, essentially, you go there, use that promo code, all one word, 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Kenny, I got a couple bets this week from BetOnline, and my first one is going to be Joel Damon. They had him at 150 to one this morning. It might've dropped slightly since, but you know, that's the thing you got to get on there guys, check it out. Use the promo code blue wire. You'll get on there and get the early odds. They had him at 150. A lot of sites had him much lower than that. And then uh, Fleetwood 28, who is also down from there now. So, so those are my two from bet online. Kenny, what do you got from bet online? My, my two betonline.ag bets this week are going to be Bryson at 20 to one and Fitzpatrick at 50 to one. Uh, what are your other bets Tambo this week? So other bets I got this week are going to be Webb at 28, who we talked about. I told you I had a plan for DJ. That's just a stupid number, 25. They throw that out there. I, I know that, uh, you know, not the best form, but it's not like it's terrible. Like he was 10th a couple weeks or, or two events ago. He doesn't play a lot. It's just what he does now. So if he shows up and wants to do something here, I'd rather just bet him. I think he either shows up and, and does something crazy and takes it down or he just disappears, and that's why like, I can make my lineups a little bit differently. But he, he does have a great history here. Nine for 11 made cuts, fifth, 17th, 12th the last three years, 25 to 1. Too good, uh, too good of a number. And then Casey, 60 to 1 with the each way. I don't really love him, but that number. And same with Stenson, don't really love him, but 80 to 1 with the each way. Just feel like auto bets. What do you got? All right, so I have um, Webb at 28 to 1. Uh, I'm going Kepka at 40 to one. Here's my thing on Kepka. I'm probably not going to use him uh, on DK, but the one thing about him is he's playing with Rory. He's paired up with Rory this week. And I, I think, you know, with all the back and forth and, you know, who's the best player and the talk in the media about how, you know, Rory was gypped, Kepka shouldn't have won it, or, or was it the other way around? I don't remember. It was one of those. I think he's going to be motivated. Uh, and he said, you know, the one thing that was wrong with his putter, uh, he's, I think he lost strokes putting in the last four events played. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened before with him. Four straight events, losing strokes of the putter. Uh, he hasn't been that great, but at 40 to 1 with the motivation in a, in a premier field, this is just like a major. Everyone calls it the fifth major. He's going to be geared the fuck up playing with Rory. Uh, yeah. I'm going to bet him at 40 to 1 this week. Uh, other guys, Woodland 40 to 1, uh, Homa 125 to 1. Uh, and that's going to be it. Uh, Martin, what about you? Uh, well, so I'm leading off with Justin Thomas. 
Uh, he's the, my, my main fan. So we basically my three from the front of the market are Justin Thomas, Bryson, and Hideki. Uh, 14s, 20 to 1, 28 to 1, uh, respectively, all each way. Uh, and Daniel Berger, at 50 to 1 each way. Uh, what, what we get back to, and what you guys get on the each way hit over here, back in England, um, uh, Paddy Power, who I write for, actually going 50 the odds first 10. So, wow, you know, nice. see, wow taking to 10th place and um you know it's a bit of second place basically so we got uh, burger at 50 to 1 uh danny lee at 150 to 1 uh and then my man set at um 300 to 1 first first 10 each way uh basically the way it works you know if you want first seven or first five you'll get sort of bigger odds you know you can get strapper at 400 to 1 for example for first first seven or something but um uh you know first 10 uh is 300 to 1 each way uh, i've also literally just before um we came on a sort of tea times, full tea times route. Uh, I've managed to jump on Seth at 175 to 1 uh, each way first seven for the first round leader market. He's actually in the first group out. Uh, he's got a nice uh, nice pairing with, I think, Rory Sabatini and Brian Harmon. So uh, I'll be watching that Thursday morning. But probably going to be a quick pace then with Rory Sabatini up on there. <laughs> yeah. uh, he might leave you in the dust. I met you were there when I met Rory last year at the yeah, Sawgrass, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. In the, in the bar, yeah. And he was very gracious. Wasn't he? he was a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife was sweet. I, I don't know. I mean, he was really, I shook my hand, talked with him. He was a good guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, one and done, Tambo. Yeah, some options. I think if you got Rory, Rom, you could go to the top. JT, who, who Martin just mentioned. And then drop down a little bit. You got your Scott, Bryson, Hideki, Fleetwood. So, I mean, I'm using someone big here. It's the players. It's a big purse. It's only the second event of the segment on the Gups Corner one and done. So, I think it's time to, to get a big boy in there. But I don't know. That, that's just some options for me. Kenny, what do you got? I'm going Rom or Bryson this week. Martin, do you play one and done? Uh, not something I tend to tend to play, but if I, if I was, uh, I think – um, I'd go for Hideki. Actually, I've got a big, big hunch for him. All right, that sounds good. All right, Martin, great job. Martin, Martin broke, popped his uh, podcast cherry tonight. I think <laughs> I think he did a great job. Thank Definitely. you so much for coming it, it, on the it's show. Been, it's been fun, and thank you so much for having yeah. me, guys. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and all the information they need? Right. Um, well, my, my web, web website is sundogsgolfworld.com. That's where you'll get my previews each week. And I'm on Twitter on at sundogmonkey. Uh, also, as I say, writing for Paddy Power, you find me on their website and the Sporting Life stuff. Um, uh, the Sporting Life previews, basically, Ben's asked me to do stuff um, for the halfway and 54-hole um, preview. So this week, I'll be um, putting up a preview after at the halfway stage and also on Sunday morning whole stage uh we had a couple of winners last weekend i, I picked um sunjay um at uh, each way at uh, the halfway stage and he finished in the top four and um i put up um uh leishman to beat hatton in the last round in a two ball bet on sunday which although hatton won a tournament leishman outscored him so we had we had a nice weekend there so that's at um, at sportinglife.com uh, what's your twitter handle against so the guys uh, can follow at, you at sundog monkey uh, how did you get that name? Uh, you told very, me last year. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very good question. It, it, I it, forgot. it comes from TPC Sawgrass. Uh, there was uh, the, the first years we went, there was a couple of bars there, well, I think one was still there, called um, uh, um, Monkey's Uncle. Uh, those in Jacksonville, we found ourselves in that bar one night. Uh, and then there also used to be a bar called uh, The Sun Dog, which I think is now sadly defunct. So it's a, it's a hybrid of that, and I'm a, I have a dog I'm a dog level as well. So my right. dog loves to sunbathe. So there you go. Uh, Tambo. 
Yeah, gupscorner.com, you already mentioned it. Definitely want to get over there, use the promo code DGEN20. Gup was gracious enough to leave it up for us there, and the tools are on fire. People are killing it with them. One thing we forgot to mention was the showdown uh, that you're getting. I know Gup basically swept the slate for the big big stuff. He won like nine, ten grand or something off of like $300 on, on Sunday. And then uh, a bunch of other guys, a couple guys won, like one guy won something with five out of six last week for 10000 so I think at the end of the day, uh, for the main slate, if you guys aren't over there yet, it's something you should definitely do while the promo code is still on, DGEN20. Other than that, hit me up on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. DM me there if you have any questions, and uh, I'll answer back as soon as I can. Yeah, we do a lot of good showdown work on that Slack chat at, at Gup's Corner. Uh, last week, on prior to the round four, I my two favorite players were Bryson and um, Domin. His One of his favorite players was Mitchell. There were three guys that shot – three of the, like, four or five guys that shot under par in the final round. So it's definitely worth going to gupscorner.com using that promo code DJ20. It's a lot of good info out there. You can find my article out there every week. Uh, I post my non – my favorite non-cash game cornerstone plays uh, in every price range on Wednesdays. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. All right, guys, it's a big week. It's a great tournament, a great event. Make sure you follow at Sundog Monkey. Let's do this. Let's win some motherfucking money, DGen Nation. Ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the United States. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T-D-O-T-C-O.com and promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732.